Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Today, we have a part-time cyclist and charity fundraiser who enjoys the long breaks between adventures and the wonderful serendipitous moments that can occur when you are on the road. Coming to us from the UK, welcome, Anthony. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Tavali. I'm so excited to have you on the show, and we've had a chance to enjoy each other's company a little bit as we got to know each other for the show, and you are such a delight. I'm excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much. It's just wonderful to be here and have an opportunity to relive my trip and uh, the time I spent amongst just so many wonderful, warm, and welcoming Americans. Yeah, tell us about it. Tell us what, well, first let's start with how did this idea brew, start brewing, that you wanted to do this trip from New York to San Francisco in the United States? Like what, how did the idea take root? So I should probably start by saying, I I like to describe myself as a terrible cyclist. I like to go Mm -hmm. off on adventures, enjoy them, and then put my bike as far away from my site as possible, stick it in the garage, put it in the basement. And then I'll get a new idea and I'll start training and planning and and going off. And this trip, which is the longest trip I've ever done, came actually from quite a difficult place, unfortunately. I had a mental health breakdown in 2017. And it was whilst I was on holiday in San Francisco that I realized things weren't going as well as I thought they were. And I decided I had to quit my job and start all over again. And I stood at the edge of Ocean Beach, looking at the Pacific Ocean, thinking, I can't do anything right now. I feel useless and not the person I am, but I'm going to get better. And when I'm better, I'm going to come back here. And if I'm going to come back here, I might as well come back here on a bicycle. And if I'm going to come back here on a bicycle, I might as well start in New York and see that city. And that was a decision. It was an instant click light bulb moment on. I am going to cycle to San Francisco from New York. And then I went home and looked at Google Maps and panicked a little bit because it was a lot further than I thought it was. America, it turns out, is a really big country. And then I looked at some (laughs) of the mountain ranges I've been crossing, and I thought, my goodness me, these are three times higher than the highest mountains I've walked in my life. But the idea was there, and all I had to do was a bit of training, lose a little bit of weight, get a little bit of fitness, buy a few things for the bike. I brought my plane tickets for April 2020, and I thought nothing could go wrong. (laughs) i'm just gonna have an extended laugh for a moment (laughs) okay keep going that the laughter is out of my system now (laughs) and before i did this rise and i went around and i was giving talks to schools and community groups and friends about why i was doing this and the money i was raising for charity and the things i was worried about and i had a slide showing all the things i was worried about things that you know america is perhaps 
even more car dominated than the UK is. And it's a country where there are people with guns and there are wild dogs and mountain lions and grizzly bears and extreme heat and isolation. And I didn't have a global pandemic on my list of things to be worried about, but it turns out I probably should have done. So in 2020, I took a bit of a pause and said, there's nothing I can do about this. This is outside of my control. So I'm going to wait and just see, keep the training going keep speaking to people who've agreed to put me up. And as we reached the end of 2021, it looked like there might be a chance. And I booked some flights, arrived in New York in April of 2022, had about three days to rebuild my bicycle, film a few bits for TV and press interviews, head to Times Square, because if you're going to start a bike ride in New York, you might as well start it in Times Square. Uh, the starting point of the Lincoln Highway, which I'd broadly be following all the way across my my trip, uh, and get ready to set out into the setting sun. So it was five years from that inspiration moment in San Francisco till the tour actually took place, and it's it is it is interesting how many people had plans set up before mm. the pandemic hit, and and and. Um, of course, there's no way we could have planned for that, but there was a lot of spaciousness in there to, I'm sure, do more planning. Mm. Did you do any short rides in between, like as part of your training? Did you do short rides or did you leave the bike in the garage? <laughs> uh, I got really good at baking and eating cake. My training suspended <laughs> and I just got myself into sort of mental preparation mode. Um, my breakdown in 2017 was called caused by a period of isolation and working from home so when lockdown came i thought i've just got to get myself through this but the bike rides and the five years of planning really became something that was so pivotal to my mental well-being improving it gave me a sense of purpose it gave me a reason to exercise to speak to people to plan for the future and so even as we were going into a, a lockdown which had been a really big issue for me in the past speaking to the people in america i'd already spoken to friends and friends of friends and even some warm showers hosts you know speaking to schools and community groups virtually about why i was doing this right gave me something to keep going for and as things gradually improved around the world as flights began to open up i was able to start thinking about getting on the bike and spinning those legs i've, I've always found on an adventure there there is a before time and there is an after time there is time when you are thinking about it and planning i'm a i'm a planner i like to think about these things i probably had the most organized tour uh that most people have heard of going across america i knew where i was going to be every evening i had a spreadsheet and an estimated time of arrival in san francisco and i hit that within 15 minutes after 59 days mm, of cycling wow wow but there's a moment where all of our planning stops the first time that pedal starts spinning that's all in the past, and all you've got to do is focus on keeping those legs spinning, not getting too lost, and getting through each and every day. And that's just a wonderful moment where the pressure lifts off, all the planning, mm. pre-planning ends, and it's just you and the road. And that's always a wonderful, magical moment. It's presence, right? Mm. It brings you fully into the present. Mm. Mm. I, As part of my talks before the ride and I work in a university I support students who are struggling with their mental health and I'll talk about well-being and I'll often say one of the things that's really important for us is mindfulness being in the moment and it's really difficult to not do that when you're cycling because if you stop being in the moment 
certainly where I live, you just cycle straight into a hedge and that's not what you want to be doing. You've got mm -hmm. to be in the moment all of the time. And that was just a wonderful feeling and something I enjoyed for all three months of my time in America. Mm, I love it. So did you find that the pre-planning, like the prep stage, was that as much a part of the journey for you as it was to actually do the journey? Yeah, I think it it was spending so much time planning my routes for every day. I was traveling very light. I didn't have a tent. I didn't have a sleeping bag. I didn't have a roll mat or a stove. So I knew I had to get somewhere every evening. And so my planning kind of gave me the comfort to be able to do that to know that if something went wrong, there would be someone who I would ring to look at the route maps and make sure that there would be places I could stop every day. And it was wonderful at times during the adventure, especially in some of the isolated places, to pull into a diner in the middle of nowhere and I'd say, boy, you're you're a long way from anywhere. And I go, yeah, but I can't tell you how many times I've looked at your diner on Google Maps trying to work out whether you've got vegetarian options on the menu and if there's somewhere I'll be able to leave my bicycle. And to be here now is absolutely incredible. Wow, surreal, very surreal to be in the moment of what you had planned for so long. So let's talk about the talks that you were doing along the way beforehand along the way on, you know, mindfulness and, and mental health. Like, tell us a little bit about what what was that like? What were those talks focused on? So those talks, I guess, kind of covered two things. Partly for me as a charity fundraiser, it was a chance to share my message and give people a chance to support me and support the cause I ride for, which is my mum has multiple sclerosis. I've been a fundraiser for them for years, and it was a chance to share that story and, and get their support. But it was also a chance to share my own mental health story. I'm a really big believer that even as the younger generations are coming through and finding this something that is more normal to talk about, it's still something that can be difficult to stand up and say, I'm struggling and I need help. And I've been through a set of situations in my life that have been difficult. I've had challenges, but I've also been through a set of situations that give me the confidence and the ability to stand up and say, this is what happened. These are the days that I lost control. These are the days where I reached rock bottom and I survived. And I, I say that because I want people to know that when it's difficult, it will get better. It's not always straightforward. Mm -hmm. It's not always day by day but it can and will get better. And there are things we can do to look after ourselves. So I visited schools and rotary groups and workplaces and just talked about the importance of being open, especially for, for young men who can find it really difficult to talk about how they're feeling and saying, actually, that's not something which is a, a weakness as is sometimes kind of seen and talked about. But I think it's a real strength. It takes bravery to stand up and say, I'm struggling and I need some help. And I really believe, and I was very lucky through my journey to have just an incredible social media community behind me. And I was very open about my mental health throughout the journey. That me doing that has let other people know that they're not struggling alone. I've spoken with thousands of people about my mental health. And I can count on one hand the number of times that someone's come up to me and said, I've never had a problem with my mental health. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone I speak to says, I've had battles and hearing you talk about them is is great. And seeing that you're going off and doing something makes me want to go off and do something. I, I, I always feel very uncomfortable with a phrase, inspirational. I, I, I'm not a super keen cyclist. Most of my friends are not super keen cyclists. So when I say I'm cycling across America, they look at me and go, wow, that's incredible. And I go, actually, I think we all have 
the ability to be incredible within us. And sometimes it just takes a bit of a push to find that. And it might be cycling out into Highway 50 in the remote deserts of Nevada, or it might be volunteering, or it might be smiling to someone who looks like they need a hand and asking, how are you doing today? But I think it's incredible to see what we as human beings can achieve when we push ourselves. I almost feel like you're talking a little bit about pushing the edge of our comfort zone, mm. right? Because I, it feels like you definitely did that. And and it is inspiring when somebody pushes the edge of their comfort zone. And I, I see why you don't like that word, mm. but it just shows others that we can do hard things. Mm. And when we do hard things and we come out on the other side of doing a hard thing, even something small, like a task in our life, in our day, or in our, you know, just daily biking, like any of the things that we do that are small, that are hard, um, we get a feeling of accomplishment and that Mm. carries over into the other things that are possible. So I love the way that you've shared that because I think it talks specifically to that edge. Mm. And people would say to me, how do you cycle over the Rocky Mountains? And I say, well, firstly, very slowly. And secondly, once you've started, you've got to reach the end. If I'm halfway up the Rocky Mountains, I can't just decide I'm not going to do this anymore. I've got to keep going. The ride for me, I had 59 days on the road, but it felt like 59 days of cycling. There was never a sense to me of, oh, my goodness, how am I going to reach San Francisco? It was always, I'm going to get to the end of today. I'm going to meet some people who are going to welcome me into their lives. And I had just such incredible support from people along the route. I was unsupported, cycling by myself. And almost every night, people took me into their home and and welcomed me. And if I can get through today, I can get through tomorrow. And if I can get through tomorrow, I can get through the next day. And that's how we tackle difficult things, one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in life as a whole, Mm. not just on a, a bike tour. Yeah, I really love this message. Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So you met some warm showers users and hosts along the way. Yeah, I stayed with 21 different warm showers hosts. Uh, across the country uh, in all sorts of different states and I did not have a single bad experience I didn't have a single moment that I didn't enjoy there were ones that were inspirational there are ones that were a bit wacky there are ones that were just welcoming and comforting but every single one made me feel like I was not walking into a stranger's house or a hotel I was walking into their home and for the evening I was a part of their family and they would cook for me or say we're going to take you to our favorite restaurant or they would show me around their town I mean goodness I could sit here for hours and tell some of the stories but turning up in Elkhorn in Iowa the largest Danish community in America And my hosts are out there on the porch waving at me as I come on in and they tell me the story of 
how they got into cycling during Ragbriar for a year. A story, unfortunately, of of loss for them as well as kind of hope. And then they take me on the tour and they show me that they have a miniature little uh, sort of um, mermaid statue, as has a really famous one uh, in in Denmark. And they cook me Danish treats and they take me to the windmill that has been restored where they volunteer and just make me feel like I'm a part of their community. Mm. Or um, going into Ohio and the small town of Willard, just north of Celeryville, once the celery-growing capital of America. Alas, no more. They've got mm. potato blight. No celery is grown in Celeryville these days. And my host there is a sixth-generation Dutch, uh, Netherlands-ish immigrant. Her family family came over six generations ago to Willard, Ohio, and have been there ever since. And they take me to go and see the Pepperidge Farm plant that produces more cheese uh, cheddar goldfish than any other factory in the world and they take me and say these are where the these are where the fields burned back in the 30s and this is the house that my dad built and just made me feel part of that small town community and that was the thing that i loved most about this trip is just seeing the country through through their eyes it was incredible Mm, mm. i love this story so much. 21 hosts. I'm sure you had some really interesting exchanges. And did you find that in the sharing and telling of your story that you created uh, more conversation around, right, the topic that you'd been discussing, the, you know, the, the purpose behind your own work? Like, was that weaved into pretty much all of your stays? Yeah, you know, often the first question, you know, I mean, the first question is, where's the shower? I really want to do us all the service by getting into some clean clothes. And then the first question would be, so why are you doing this right? And I would tell the story just as I've told it to you. And what that did straight away was break down that barrier. So we weren't talking just about the weather or, uh, you know, local food places. We'd start talking about mental health and the number of people who shared their stories with me their attempts to engage with their adult daughters who lived with anxiety, which was something that was alien to them, maybe couples who were retired and talking about actually what a privilege it was that their daughters felt able to be open up to, to, to open up to them, or whether it was meeting with a Vietnam veteran near Akron who was telling me the story of how his brother died when he was very young and the impact that it had on him. And I was just sitting there in tears together and having had this really heartfelt exchange of what was going on. It was, for me personally, incredibly powerful. It's so easy to feel lonely on the road. And I remember meeting a few other people. Everyone tours differently, and that's wonderful. I love how different people tour in different ways, and some people just set off and Mm -hmm. see where the world takes them. And some people like me have spreadsheets that are perhaps a little bit alarming. Mm. But I met other people who were cycling across America who had been camping the whole way. And it said, I've not really spoken to anyone for three weeks. And I thought, you're just missing out on so many wonderful opportunities to stay with people, mm-hmm. to share these stories. And for me, in a way, it was healing. This was a part of my journey. Reaching San Francisco mm-hmm. was a chance to reclaim the narrative for myself. I'm not the mental health challenges I've faced. I'm what I've mm-hmm. chosen to do with that pain. And I've been able to turn that into something that I think is really positive and I just I've made so many friends along the route people who I've kept in touch with people who I'm speaking to now and I think if you allow yourself to let your guard down a little bit and 
be open. It's amazing what people will come back and share with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And what was it like when you got to San Francisco? Unbelievably emotional. I. Mm. It's strange when I was listening when I listen to these podcasts. I'm in a world where cycling across America is perhaps a, a normal thing. I come from a world, especially in the UK, where that's not a normal thing. The the distance cycling up the Rocky Mountains uphill 60 miles of continuous cycling is nearly the width for the uk in some places it's not that far off it's a narrow country my wife flew out to meet me at the finish line i had a couple of people from the ms society the local chapter in california came to come and meet me I had someone from the san francisco bicycle coalition come and meet me and ride the last 15 miles or so with me and to reach that finish line something i've been dreaming dreaming of for five years dreaming of every day as I cycled across the country. Unbelievable. I still can't quite get my head around what that was as I returned back to a normal life of spreadsheets and virtual meetings, taking myself back and saying, that was a moment where I cycled across an entire continent by myself with the support of all sorts of amazing people was just unbelievable. And how about integration back into life and back into the spreadsheets and sitting behind a computer? How was integration? Coming back to normal life after something that was so out of the ordinary for me, I think would have been difficult at the best of times. Sadly, the story for me hasn't got a happy ending at the moment because six days after I came back to the UK, I got the news that my dad's cancer had spread and was now incurable he's now in palliative care so i've gone from this strange world where every single day i had a purpose and a goal and i was achieving it and living my dream to a world of survival and how do we get through this and create our own beautiful memories while we can but knowing that this is a journey that's got a finish line as well and it's not a finish line that any of us want to go to but people i met in america have been incredibly helpful there's one person i stayed with who I was asked the question, you know, why are you doing this ride? And I opened up and I talked about my dad's previous cancer journey. And it turns out that that person had been through a very similar cancer journey. They had had surgery at a very similar time to my dad. They had had chemotherapy at a very similar time to my dad. And I spoke to them just earlier this week. And there's this reflection that this person who I've never met before, who happened to be the person who put me up for a night, went through almost exactly the same journey and their family went through the same pain. And it's the pain we all experience. There's no way of avoiding this. Life comes with all of these incredible highs. But to do the downhills, you've got to do the uphills. And Mm -hmm. to have a new group of friends and to be able to say a little mantra I like to say, which is, if I cycled across America, I can get through this. If I cycled up the Rockies, Mm -hmm. I can get through this. Just gives me a, a modicum of comfort at a time when life is not always full of comfortable moments. Yes, as we're talking about that we can do hard things, right? The perspective of doing hard things. And I love that you just shared that serendipitous story of meeting a man who had been through a similar experience that your dad had gone through, seeing it from the perspective of someone that you're not related to, where there's not the emotional charge, right? I'm sure was a really profound experience. And I think for me, it was one of just the huge benefit of of warm showers and the people who put me up. We... 
there were times when it was a bit strange for me walking into a house. I never knew what the politics was. America sometimes as a country is seen as very divided and there'd be a moment of where are we? But every single person, whether we agreed, whether we didn't agree, welcomed me in and showed me kindness. And in a world where there's so much to be worried about, the fact that we can still show each other kindness on a person-to-person level is something that gives me huge hope that maybe there is a way this world can be better than it is now. Yeah, our community is amazing. I I feel like who is involved in warm showers and what we do and how we interact is this is the space where we create healing Mm. for that division, not just here, but in all parts of the world. Like this is the type of space where healing takes place. Yeah. And so I hope it's all right to do maybe a bit of a reverse shout out and just say, if you're someone who's listening, who's a host, I, I want you to know the power that you can have on the people who come and spend time with you. The power that sharing your humanity with them can have in their own journey and maybe they realize that and thank you and maybe they'll realize that but not thank you and maybe they won't realize it for a time to come but just know that the kindness you show is kindness being injected into our world which i hope is paid forward and i hope it's okay to say this to you as well tarbally and everyone who's in the the warm showers organization i can't imagine what this ride would have been like without warm showers and without those connections so thank you for making all that happen and thank you to all of the incredible hosts out there Thank you for sharing that. And your message will be well received. This is what fuels us to do this work and keep the technology moving forward and the organization as a whole, like you doing as much work as you do with charitable organizations, you know, that as nonprofits, right, we do Mm -hmm. a lot in the back end to make the front end happen. But it is truly your experience, your sharing of your story that fuels us to do this work. Like everyone from the board to the staff to you know, volunteers. I mean, we we all feel it and we know it. And so thank you for sharing that. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's just wonderful to be able to have these memories to keep me going. Yes. I love it. Okay. So Anthony, is the bicycle back in the garage? Uh, the bicycle is currently in the cellar. The bicycle was graffitied. I took uh, a little permanent silver marker with me and everyone I met along the journey who put me up, who paid for food, people who were supporting me online, I said, put your initials on the bicycle. And my bike is now covered in hundreds of initials. I've been for a few rides since I came back. And every time I do, I look down at all of the people who are a part of my journey and and I take them with me. So it's certainly wow. not being used as much as it was in America, but it's getting its little trips here and there. I was going to say, what's next? Has any new idea started brewing yet? <laughs> it's, uh, oh, I've I've got ideas. Probably not a bike one, the next one. My next plan is to walk one of the longest canals in England wearing a suit of armor. But uh, I need to find a suit of armor oh. first. So if anyone's okay, listening from the UK and has a suit of armor, get in touch with me. It'd be <laughs> wonderful to... You know, share that moment. You just got to do the silly things. Like life is too short are you not gonna, to do it. Are you going to carry a sword too? If you're going to have a suit of armor, you should have a sword. I'm thinking of kind of proper medieval styles so of having a little banner sort of up saying saying what I'm doing, okay. getting someone to you know, okay. stitch that out of felt. And I mean, that's a long that's a long time of holding your hand up. You might need a rig where it like automatically stands up in your in your like armor. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, this mm-hmm. this world is full of adventures, and I'm just a huge believer that there are adventures that we think about and we contemplate and say, "I've got a couple of months. What can we do?" And there are adventures which come to us, and we say, "Wouldn't it be great if mm. I could do this?" And what I've learned from this trip is, it's so easy to say that's too difficult or I won't have time, but actually just saying yes, I'm going to make that happen 
can lead to the most incredible adventures. So next time you get that thought, why not say yes and see where the world takes you? Say yes. Say yes. I love it. Well, thank you, Anthony. We really appreciate you taking you know the time to share your experience and also the work you're doing in the community to discuss mental health and bringing it to a place of normalization. So you know, where people cannot feel buried or feel, you know, shame or that it needs to be hidden. There are so many facets to the work you're doing and the journey that you did that have impacted so many lives that we appreciate you. Thank you very much indeed. It's been wonderful to share them and take a moment to enjoy those memories. Yes, thank you very much. And for those listening, if you have not yet checked out uh, bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers, if you're shipping your parts or your bike, Anywhere in the world, make sure that you check out bikeflights.com because they are an amazing supporter of the show. And we always want you to have access to the best support services to move your bike and your equipment around where it needs to go. And so thank you, Bike Flights, for making conversations like I just had with Anthony possible. We appreciate you. And don't forget to give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. And we will be back. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.